like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. It's true. It is, it's made possible by all of you. If there's any sustaining supporters in the, uh, the audience today or watching online, thanks for what you're doing. Uh, my name is Curtis Childs, and our talk today is called Problems Are Okay. And I want to start by asking you a question. And this is probably a question that you're going to have an initial quick response to, but really take a second to look inside yourself and see if, if maybe there's a different answer waiting in there. The question is, have you ever had any problems? Yeah, the answer is yes. Of course it's yes. Life is, some people would argue that, that life is all problems, or, or at least is dominated by problems. What I hope that we can do today is get you to look at problems differently. I'm not going to say that problems don't happen. I'm not going to say that I, I don't walk around saying, like, I'm, I, I don't mind when I have some kind of problem. I'm fine with it. It doesn't phase me. It phases me. There's a, I had some problems this morning. They phased me. But hopefully what I can give you today is a picture of why problems exist and their role in your spiritual growth. Because we are on the path of, if you're, if you're here trying to do the spiritual thing, trying to do the, the, the church thing, you're on the path of what I would call rebirth or regeneration, where you think there's a way you can live that's maybe better than, than the default way. Problems play an indispensable role in that process. I know that having problems can really erode at your self-esteem and your sense of where you are in life. And the worst is when you start to look at other people's lives and say, well, they don't have as many problems as I have. I wish I could have a life like them. It seems like there are some people... I don't know, Andrew Carnegie pops into mind. Some people who are just like, they just get everything right, no problems. How can we compare to them? Well, if you ever do need to feel better about yourself, there is someone that you can compare yourself to who just like, I'm sure, had way more problems. If you ever want to feel better about your, your own life, just compare yourself to this a, a guy lived a, a long time ago named Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's life was full of problems. In case you're not super familiar with it, it started out before he was born. Like, he was supposed to be born in, like, I don't, back then they didn't have maternity wards, but born in an inn. But when his parents got there, it was full. Like, they hadn't checked ahead to see if there's vacancies on their phone. It was full. He had to get he had to be born in the place where you feed animals out of. They're just like, well, there's no room in here, so can you just go in the hay here and where the cows are kind of, be, kind of eating around you? What an embarrassing way to start your life. And then before he was two, I mean, how many people were trying to kill you before you were two? He had the king of the country that he lived in trying to trying to um, kill him. And it just seems like there was problems forever on after that. When he was growing up, he had some truancy problems. He ran away from his house and his parents couldn't find him anywhere. They finally found him. He was in the temple talking to the religious leadership there. I don't know what he did up until 33. Since then, it, I guess it wasn't that. 
important, but even at 33, it was just problem after problem. He, he was definitely gifted, obviously, and in trying to give these good messages out, but most of the time people didn't get what he was saying. He would talk to his, his friends, his disciples, and say, here's this parable about the sower. Do you understand what that means? And they would say, no, we don't get that. People would be perplexed by what he did. He, he never got married. He, he healed this guy's this guy was blind. He healed him and said, don't tell anyone about this. The guy went and told everyone anyway. He had this whole plan to ride into Jerusalem on this donkey, and there was going to be this, this great reception. People were really excited about what he was going to do. One of his best friends sells him out to be killed, he, and he gets killed before he's 33. So that's a lot of problems. That is a life that you would think that did not go how we wanted it to go. Why, why would God have problems? If Jesus Christ is God, which I believe he is, why is he coming down here and, and just having challenge after challenge after challenge in his life? Well, it's because problems are how we are reborn. Problems are this essential part of how it's, it's part of the way we get to where we're going. And I want to look at particularly, there's this critical juncture in Jesus's life. It's pretty early on in the series of events that I gave you where he really has um, a bad day. Actually, he he's in, goes into the wilderness and he gets tempted by the devil. And this moment is the moment that sets off all the good stuff that he does in his ministry. This is Matthew number four. So here's some problems Jesus is encountering. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Right there, the Spirit is capitalized in the book. So this is talking about, this is you know, God leading himself up into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So it's expressly for the purpose of these challenges. He, he definitely, he, he could have stayed a million miles away from the wilderness. He didn't have to go through that. But he led himself there to face the, the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. That makes sense. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. It's just, the devil's just trying to help him out. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. 
And after that, not in this Bible that I have, but when I was looking this up on the internet, when I was putting this together, some Bibles have right after this moment here, it says, it has these little headings for what's happening in the action, like a little chapter summary for you if you're just skimming. And there, right after that moment, it says, Jesus begins his ministry. And right after that in the Bible, the next chapter is when he goes and he gets, when he gets his disciples. And right after that is the Sermon on the Mount, which is probably the single most recognizable and impactful piece of oratory that he delivered. It was right after these challenges. And the interesting nature of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny battle there between him and the devil. Because it's just, the devil is saying, well, why don't you do this? And Jesus is quoting scripture back at him. It seems like a strange challenge. So what is going on in that passage is the model for every single problem that we have in our lives and the good that God can bring out of those problems. Because what's happening to Jesus in that passage is he is getting, he is getting a sense of what is right and wrong. He is seeing what the, the devil is offering him this or evil is offering him this, and he's saying, no, I want to do this instead. He is getting purified. So he's, the, the devil's trying to say, hey, just do this. Worship me instead. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to do that. So he's getting these urges to do the things that he shouldn't do pulled out of him. And he's getting confirmed. There are these principles that before, I don't know how real they were to him, but after that moment, they become real. So Jesus is going through, I was going to say a miniature version, but it's really the macro version of what we go through in every problem that we face. So we're going to find out today how we can walk the same road that Jesus walked. Because that is the point of God becoming Jesus, is to become the way, the truth, and the life that we could follow. I love this commentary in True Christianity, where it talks about what happens when we go through these challenges and these problems? Because during our spiritual tests, we are apparently left completely alone. And when, when things are hard, when we're going through our own version of uh, being tempted out in the wilderness, it seems like there's nobody there. It seems like nobody's there. Nobody's helping you. Although, in fact, we are not alone. You guys have heard that poem, the Footprints poem. At those times, God is most intimately present at our deepest level, giving us support. Because of that inner presence, when any of us have success in a spiritual test, when you come out the other side of a problem, we form a partnership with God at the deepest level. A talk is called Problems Are Okay. It doesn't mean that the problems don't hurt. It doesn't mean that you don't suffer in them. But the reason why they're okay is you come out the other side of them better. You come out of the other side of them, and really in an accelerated way, more than your regular day-to-day -day life, with a partnership with God. And I want to look in these next two sections at what that partnership is like and how we can make sure it happens when we do get a problem. So stay tuned.
your heart is aching smile even though it's breaking when there are clouds in the sky you get by if you smile through your fear and sorrow smile and maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through for you light up your face with gladness hide every trace of sadness although a tear may be ever so near that's the time you must keep on trying smile what's the use of crying you'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just Thanks, that was great. I don't know if I, um, if I told you all, but um, I'm an artist. I actually do uh, really great works of art. And that's kind of my main thing that I do. This is just kind of what I, I do on the side. And I actually wanted to put one of those in this presentation to kind of use it as an illustration. So um, this is a diagram that I made of uh, you know, I, you could try to stay humble, but like when the talent is there, it's just obviously there. Um, this is a diagram that I made of life, a and and the basic program that we run, I or that I run, and I think most people do run, which is that you're there in the middle, and there are s surrounding you in different places in life problems or potential problems, and what you're trying to do is keep yourself safe from those things. Life is, is, in some ways, it's survival. That you're like, there's a problem that, am I going to have enough money to do this thing, like buy, buy groceries? And there's a problem which is, am I going to make anything of myself? Is that, it, am I going to accomplish what I want to accomplish? Do I have any value? And we're trying to keep ourselves safe from this. And then other things come up, like there's some kind of drama in our family or with relationships or something. And we're trying to save ourselves from those things. What I want to impress on you today, hopefully what you take away from this is that actually every single one of those problems that's out there, if it comes into your life, God is going to use it in one of three at least ways to make your life better afterwards. Before we get to what those three ways are, I want to say that God doesn't cause problems in your life, but God will use the problems that come to have good enter your life. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if it's Tai Chi or Jiu 
jujitsu. But you know that thing where if someone's going to, and I don't know if this is just from movies or if this is real, but someone's coming at you know, the main guy, and they come in and they're attacking, they got all this force, and the person, like, use it. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it really looks like, but they, like, use their momentum against them to flip them. That's what God will do with problems. That, yes, they're definitely, people can set out to do something to you with, with evil intent. They can be trying to harm you. There can be large-scale negative events that come and affect you. And that stuff is coming at you. God can use that and will use that in order to bring goodness into your life in one of three ways. Again, not saying you won't feel the brunt of the problems, there's not pain there, but you can be looking for the, the state, like when a big thunderstorm comes in and it's all crazy during it, but that feeling right afterwards when the sun has come back out and there's like the mist is, do you know what I'm talking about? The mist is rising up because it's over. This, in that moment, that's when we can remember these things and say, okay, what did God bring into my life? Or when the storm is raging and you're like, oh, it's that tree. I should have got that tree taken down. Is it going to fall on my house or not? Just remember, God is going to bring good out of this. God is going to bring good. So the three ways that God uses problems to help us. The first is comparison. There's a thing called conscience that is an essential part of a spiritual life and, and of trying to lead a human life. And it is, it's like Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio, but like a, like a grown-up version of it, where you're trying to navigate what is the right way to live and what is the wrong way to live. I think everybody is trying to find that to some extent, what, what's good and what's not good. Problems are the way that we develop that sense. Because once we have seen what is not good, once we've experienced what's not good, once we've seen other people go through what is not good, we can really tell the difference between what's good and what's not. Every problem sharpens your understanding of that. When you see something and the effects it has on people, you gain this sensibility of, what's right and what's wrong. How many people who are on a crusade to make the world better are doing it because they experienced something that, that hurt them or hurt people that they, they loved? How, everybody has some of that. Everyone who's really going out to try to make the world better has some event that triggered that. Comparison, you will always be able to know better what's really good and what's really not good through this. And even even just the, your sense of happiness. To understand, like if your foot has been hurting for a month and then it finally stops, you have this appreciation of just having two regular feet that you would never have yet. You had two regular feet for your whole life. And I know this, now I'm getting old and everything hurts all the time. It's like, oh, this is great. This feels great just, just to be like this. That that's an essential building block of contentment and happiness, and you can only gain that through going through problems. Second thing that happens when we're going through problems in life is purification. And I'm giving you the, the technical information about these now. In the third section, I'm going to tell you about a very specific problem that I went through in my life and how this applies to that. So if I'm a little light on examples now, it's okay. Problems are okay. 
but we need, to know, we need to know what we're looking for in each thing. Purification. Problems deflate your ego. When everything's going well for you, I, was, I, was, um, I got to be interviewed on a YouTube channel, like a big YouTube channel that this guy has, and he used to be a movie director, and he had this huge thing blow up in his face where he actually it turned out that the guy he was making the movie for was, a, was in the mob. You know, there's still the mob. They was in the mob, and there was all this shady stuff, and he, it almost ruined him in a couple of ways. And this guy now has this channel where he's, he interviews um, people about spiritual things. And he was saying to me, like, <clears throat> yeah, that was really tough, but man, before that happened, the way he put it was, you couldn't even be in the room with me. My ego was so big. Experiencing hardships is really the way in which we, we ha- maybe something that we think, I can just, you know what, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm full of myself, I'm self-centered, I, I, I'm not that great to be around, but things are working out for me, so I'm going to keep pushing this. When we hit problems, that's the, really the way that we are able to let that go. Uh, Bill Wilson couldn't have written the 12 steps if he never experienced the misery of, of life-crushing alcoholism. It was through the experience of those problems that people were able to develop enough of a distaste for the thing. Like, I don't want to be like that anymore. That happens through problems. God will use the problems we have to do that. Finally, strengthening your convictions. When the, the devil is tempting Jesus in the story that we had, um, and when I, you know, I, I think of the devil as all the, all the negativity. So we all have the devil coming at us all the time in the form of that same kind of ego I was just talking about, in the form of despair and fear. So everything that's working against you, Jesus is saying back, is just saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to worship you. I'm going to, you know, you're supposed to worship God because God is, is love and what's good. When you're in the trenches of life, that's when stuff that was theoretical before, like, oh, yeah, there's God out there. I need help. Or, or God, it's good to, to be good. It's good to love. It becomes really real. <clears throat> it becomes really real when you're in there. There is something about being totally up against it when, when your usual like, self-sufficiency is in check because you feel like, I, I cannot get through this. I do not know how to get through this. There's a strengthening of the conviction. You come out the other side of that feeling like, not just like, oh, people have told me that God is real, and so I, I sort of say that God is real. You, you feel it. There was, not to keep referencing YouTube, but I do like YouTube. There was a guy who, who had um, like a, a song that got really popular and on YouTube, and he was saying before that he had hit a place where he was just saying, like, he had, uh, was struggling with substance abuse, but also depression, a bunch of other stuff. And he was describing, I was on some podcast. He was saying, I can't do this anymore to God. And that was like, bam, something. He's just like, I, I don't know if you're even out there, but I just, I cannot do my life anymore. I can't do this anymore. And then like 30 days later, he wrote this song and everything went crazy for him in a good way. There is a strengthening of conviction that happens in these problems, that you just, you can't get it anywhere else.
You can't get it anywhere else. So, yes, we don't, I don't want you to have more problems than you have to, but there's like this, it's like rare earths, those little m minerals that you have to, you can only find a few places in the world, but you have to have them to make cell phones. There's something you learn in problems that you can't learn anywhere else. And the conviction, if you really, you can make the problems you go through more, more useful for you if you're willing to, to open up to strengthening certain convictions in them. And the, particular, the one that seems to matter the most is from, um, in New Church Theology, it's New Jerusalem 195. During our spiritual crises, the Lord alone is fighting for us. Even, if it's, even when it seems like you're not alone, God is right there at, at your, in your deepest self. It's just right, right all around you, even though it seems like he's not. And he actually, it seems like it's you up against whatever that fear is, the financial thing or the, the um, am I valuable or this, this negative thing is coming after me, whatever. You can, I, don't, I don't need to tell you, fill it in from your own life. When it seems like it's just you against that thing, that actually God is there. And actually, God is the one who is fighting for us there. If we do not believe that the Lord alone is fighting for us and winning for us, then we are experiencing only an outer crisis that does not do us much good. The difference between getting a little bit out of a problem and getting a lot out of a problem is believing in the end, oh, you, you got me through that. And not forgetting <laughs> that back when I needed help and I, and I couldn't do it on my own, oh yeah, you were the one who stepped in. Having that in your pocket afterwards, it's awesome. Because then when you go through the normal little trials in life, or even when you're in your, your, your regular day-to-day, -day, you have this newfound belief that, oh, no, actually, God's here. God's here and is helping me, and that makes your life better in, in all these ways. Okay, so now, after this song, I'm going to tell you about a time pretty recently, a couple years ago, when all these things came into play for me and, and what I, how I've changed since that happened. can almost see it, that dream I'm dreaming, but there's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaking, but I, I gotta keep trying, gotta keep my There's always gonna be another mountain I'm always gonna wanna make it through Always gonna be an uphill battle Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose Ain't about how fast I get there Ain't about what's waiting on the other struggles I'm facing, the chances I'm taking, sometimes might knock me down, but no, I'm not breaking. I may not know it, but these are the moments that I'm gonna remember mostly. Just gotta keep going. I, I gotta be strong. Just Cause always gonna be 
Friends, I want to invite you to our upcoming small group on a life worth living. It's based on the book by Miroslav Wolf, and it book grows out of a, a well-known course at Yale where they take a look with these students about what is a life worth living. And Miroslav Wolf is a wonderful author, an amazing Christian perspective that he brings to it. And he talks about what indeed is a life worth living. From a Christian New Church perspective, we hold it as it comes down to service. And, and this will be a great conversation in terms of looking at different ways you can view that, as well as trying to hone in more and more on, on the New Church perspective of what is it to be useful? What is it to serve? What is it to make a difference out there into the world? That life may not always be perfect, but we can indeed make it very meaningful. It's a great opportunity to get to join people from all across the country, all different walks of life. And if you are interested, I would ask you to go to our website or wait to see the slide at the very end of this. We'll give you some specific ways you can sign up. It will include a free book and you need not worry. I'm not that concerned whether you read the whole book or not. It's really about conversation, fellowship. And if you want to read the whole thing, more power to you. But it's really about conversation and fellowship and sharing ideas that hopefully will, will make us all a little better. So feel free to join us this October. Book Club, Life Worth Living by Miroslav Wolf. Sign up on the New Church Live website. Details will be on the slide right at the end of this video. Take care. God bless. And hope you can join us. Bye-bye. Sounds cool. I would go to that. So I know you're all like, come on, give us the deets. Like, what, what are, let's hear some gossip. What are your problems? <clears throat> you probably look at me and say, that guy could never have any problems. I'm just kidding. So I'm gonna tell you a story about something that happened to me two years ago, no, three years ago, that at the time I didn't know what was going on, but afterwards it just really illustrated all these things we've been talking about. The, the effect of problems on the three areas in which they improve your life. So um, I, for my work outside of New Church Live, I work for a not-for-profit called the Swedenborg Foundation, and we have a YouTube. This is why I talk about YouTube so much, is I've, I've worked on YouTube for the last forever, for 10 years, 11 years, something like that. I'm just talking about forever. And so um, because I've been putting out videos for so long, any problems that I go through are sort of documented, for better or worse, for the world to see. So I can prove to you 
that I was really struggling a couple of years ago. So this is a video. <laughs> that's, that's what I looked like. So this, that's me. Two, it says two years ago on there. It was, it was 2020. Does anybody remember 2020? It was awesome. It was an awesome time. So I was having a bunch of things go wrong at once. The, I mean, the acute issue for me, when I, when I sat down, this is by the fence in my backyard, and it was very much at a time in which I was like, I don't know what's going to happen for me here. I'm just going to sit down and record this video, just like very low polish, just holding my cell phone, tell people what's, what's going on with me. So the acute issue I was having was um, it's called GERD, which is like, it's like re acid reflux, but really bad and really constant. So I was, I remember one night I was trying to go to sleep and I felt like I'm really like full of energy or something. I feel like I'm buzzing here and I couldn't go to sleep. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning. And that, so anyway, I, I started to get concerned about that. I, I was already really stressed. The pandemic was just really kicking into full gear. So it was like, yeah, you can't go anywhere. You can't go to the hospital. Everything is, everything everywhere is dangerous. Early pandemic when nobody really knew what was going on with how dangerous COVID was and all that stuff. And I started to get this, this reflux and nothing stopped it. I remember it would just, it would come on when I was trying to go to sleep and I would just have this like burning in my chest and in my throat. It was enough. I had to get up, but I remember just walking around. It was like one night be before I was about to do New Church Live, and it was just, I remember it was like 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, well, I guess I have to go walking to try to get this to calm down, because it was just burning me up, and I was walking around with tea at like 2.30 in the morning to 4 in the morning, trying to get it to go down, and I was reading all the, I was Googling unfortunately, which is like, oh, this is going to lead to Barrett's esophagus, which is going to lead to cancer. And I had a daughter who was, at the time, she was, I think, five or four. And I was like, no, I'm going to die. I'm maybe a little bit of a hypochondriac, but I had some other health things going on at the same time. I was like, no, I'm going to die. And then she's going to have to live her whole life in grief. Just because I had someone in my family die when I was about her age, and uh, that's really affected my life. And I was like, no, this is going to happen. And it kept getting worse and worse. And I think I was dealing with some mental health issues at the same time that I didn't really realize that I had all this stress and anxiety, and all this stuff was just coming together, and I didn't know if I was going to, if I was going to make it or not. Uh, to prove that, that I'm serious, um, this is, there's two pictures. This is me doing um, the show that I was doing on YouTube. I don't know if you can really tell, but this is just from May to September. Um, I'm so, so emaciated September 2nd. I don't know if you can really tell there, but maybe May 11th, I could have lost a pound or two, but I, I lost more than 40 pounds because I couldn't eat. Whenever I'd eat anything, I would get this terrible reflux. So I was just like, I was really stripped down my diet and it, and it was just, it was, it was bad. And at the time, I thought, this is bad. I don't want this to be happening. But I don't feel like that now. Now that I'm out on the other side, actually, I'm really glad that the whole thing happened. And I'm going to try to walk you through how that big problem turned out to be okay for me. So I talk about how problems, God will use those for comparison. You will see what is really good versus what's not as good. This is a picture of some grass. 
What do you think? This is a picture of some grass by the road because I remember driving to work, this is along my, my commute, I remember this is when I still didn't know, like, am I ever going to get better? I had tried all these medicines for the reflux, all the medicines they had, like I kept going up doses and up doses, nothing was working, and I was like, is this just going to be my life, and then I'm going to die quickly? I remember looking at that grass and thinking, all that I want is just a regular life. I just want to go back to my regular life when I was just healthy. And before I had these problems, I wasn't content with my regular life. I was always saying, I want more of this, what if this, I was, I was absolutely not happy with that. But in this, I really started to think about, oh, well, what really matters to me is my, my daughter and my wife, my family, and, and just, just regular life. I, I got an education in that that I absolutely could never have gotten without having that stuff seem like it was hanging in the balance. <clears throat> because I went by that grass all the time, and I didn't care. I didn't care about that little normal moment. Also, it gave me perspective on how good you have it regularly. Um, this is a, a reminder that I used to put on my, after I got better, because it did eventually after like a year or something, it got better. I used to put this reminder on my, my watch, so it would always be sitting there, and it just says, you don't have reflux. Which is like, you think you're, if, if you're stressing out today about, oh, this thing about work and you think you have bad problems, don't forget where you were. You're fine. You're fine. What? You're, it's a big deal. You're blowing it out of proportion. You don't have reflux. Go celebrate. Be happy in your life. So I, I really gained this sense of like, no, everything is good. Everything is just fine. How it is. I, the things that, that I gained through that may be a little bit difficult to describe. I'm going to try them. I gained an appreciation for human beings because I, I gained an appreciation for health. Not like now, whenever I see somebody running outside, I used to, like, I don't care. They're out there running. But now if I see, like, two people running and talking, I think, like, that's good. They're building these bonds that are good for their mental health. They're out running. That's good for their physical. Like, I care about everybody, how they're doing in a way that I didn't before. The whole... Uh, I need God thing, I remember being in my basement, and it was really just like everything was kind of, seemed like it was caving in on me, and I really didn't know if I was going to make it in, in all these different ways, I was going through all this stuff, and I remember being like, just having this moment of like, I can't do this, like I, I need God, and just like my thoughts were like pressing in on me, like, uh, you know, it's hard to describe how, and I just like, just was like, God, I need help, God, God, God. And um, I still think back on that. I didn't, wasn't like suddenly this light shone down and I like grew, I, you know, floated off the ground. It was just, but I got through the moment and I could feel in that moment, oh, like I need God's help and God is actually there. And I still think about it to this day. Enough things changed in me through this problem enough stuff had to become real. I got, had to get strengthened in enough of my convictions and really see the, the, the superficiality and the shallowness and pettiness I had before that um, I think back on it now and I call it the happy summer, the time when this happened. This is a, um, a chalkboard that we have hanging in our house that we would make new versions of in each season. And this was the summer one. 
usually I draw on them with my daughter and wife, but I, you know, I was too out of it then to do it. And this says, happy summer on it. And I remember all throughout the worst of the beginning of my problems, I was like, this is not a happy summer. Why does it say that? It's not a happy summer. But now, just as it was about turning fall was when I was really starting to sort of get over the worst of it. Now I look back and I look at all the changes that it brought in my life. I just like, even after it, I got better at my job. Everything got better. And I look back, I was like, yeah, that was a happy summer. That was not, not that the problem wasn't there, but problems are okay because the good's going to come out of them. It's not always as clean as that. It's not always as obvious. But if I look back on my life, definitely the leaps forward that I've taken have been in the difficult times. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it's okay. This is from John 16. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. I didn't title this talk, There Aren't Any Problems. There's problems. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Which is another way of saying, I got this. I got this. That's all right. You're going to have it, but I overcame this. Remember back to like our Tai Chi flip. This thing is coming, and it feels like it's trying to destroy you, but I'm going to actually turn it to good. You're going to come out better on the other side. So problems are okay. And I think they're okay in different ways for different people. I'm not saying your experience will be just like mine, but I do know that comparison, seeing what's good and what's not good, then... um, the confirmation, and finally the conviction that comes in any problem at any time. So look for that. It sounds like I'm really emotional, but it's mostly just allergies. Look for that, and that can both get you through, but also have you look back in a way that sustains you. Okay, so let's say the prayer and think about that. In this prayer, it has this whole line about deliver us from evil. The prayer is telling you everything's going to be okay. So as we move through this, look at your life and see how God leads you through things. You can say it with me, or you can just bow your head. Our Father, who art in heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Problems are okay.
When I find myself in times of trouble Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be And in my hour of darkness She is standing right in front of me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be Let it be Let it be Let it be Yeah, let it be Whisper words of wisdom Let it be And when the broken-hearted people Living in the world agree There will be an answer Let it be For though they may be parted There is still a chance that they will see There will be an answer Let it be 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 Yeah, there will be an answer Let it be let it be, let it be, let it be, yeah, let it be. There will be an answer, let it be. It shines on me Shine until tomorrow Let it be I wake up to the sound of music Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be Yeah, let it be Let it be Let it be Yeah, let it be Whisper words of let it be Yeah, let it be Let it be Let it be Yeah, let it be Whisper words of wisdom Let it be Thank you guys, have a great week.